and we are live on Discovery Paranormal tonight. Oh, if the men in black are out there listening, I got stuff to say to you. If the Air Force is listening, I got stuff to say to you, man. Any special projects, people, we're talking about Camp Hero. So, not long ago on the show, as I was talking about another subject, I kind of came across Camp Hero. And uh, this was this was a camp that was uh, a built World War II era on Long Island. It's on the tip of Long Island. And uh, it's known for a lot of crazy, crazy, weird stuff, right? If you know anything about it. So then a lot of uh, listeners like wrote to me saying, hey, you talked about it. Why don't you really talk about it? Okay. So you asked for it. You got it. You got it. All right. This is a very involved, crazy story, but yet not so crazy if you're into government conspiracy stuff, right? Camp Hero was supposedly originally some listening post. Uh, guised it as a fishing village, and all the agents were, were fishing out there. Talk about their paying you to be a fisherman out there, right? And this was like, look, they were looking for Nazis. They were looking for any sub Nazi submarines, any, anything that came over. I mean, you know, Montauk Point, it's a beautiful place, amazing place, great views. If you've ever been there, it's the tip of Long Island. So in the midst of Montauk, Montauk Point in the park, there's this big uh, radio tower type of, like, not a radio tower that you might be accustomed to, but like, you know, uh, more of like radar, we'll say, like radar, right? <clears throat> active, active radar. And then there's a bunch of buildings and whatever. And because Montauk Point, every once in a while, some kind of weird creature washes up on shore, and uh, other things happen to point to Camp Hero and experiments that had happened, because the lore was that they did uh, crossbreeding experiments there. Uh, this is what this is what people say. This, is what, this isn't me necessarily. This is people, right? The people who lived in Montauk, people who worked there, worked in those facilities, people who were part of those facilities. And I, I knew a janitor, the head janitor uh, of that facility. And then one night when he got fired, he stopped in 7-Eleven where I used to hang out with my friend Bobby. And he unloaded, man, the guy unloaded about everything that was going on there that he saw. He's the head janitor. Head janitor is everywhere, man. If you want to know something about a building, about what's going on, you talk to the, the custodian, you know, environmental services, because they will tell you everything, you know, unless they're sworn to secrecy. You don't get paid enough to be sworn See, you know, that's kind of the thing. You, you got to uh, sign that clause, but, but anyway, let's get into this. And I have my own experience at Camp Hero, which I didn't know at Camp Hero at the time, and, uh, and I can prove it because we had gotten a whole bunch of tickets from the East Hampton Police. East Hampton Police, State Trooper, and G G12 government cars, people drew guns on us and screaming at us that we were at the base friend and I, and I didn't even know there was a base there. We just went to the point. So I'll tell you that. Just that story too. Okay. The real life lab experiment that inspired Stranger Things. So there's a show called Stranger Things. I've been seeing it. It's on Netflix. 
and uh, I guess they did a thing about Camp Hero, right? So uh, Joe Lifrino has worked at the Wild Crack for 18 years. He knows the spooky abandoned base were supposedly inspired the Netflix series Stranger Things. Uh, he's placed dominated his life his nightmares, okay? Many locals in Montauk mock the tales about Camp Hero being a site, government site, and there's others that will be happy to tell you stories about it involved control, time travel, wormholes, teleportation, and kids hooked up to wires in hidden underground labs, okay? So the rumors took place in 1992, 11 years after the military base at Camp Hero was shut down. Uh, uh, now, a, a debunked, they say they say widely debunked, uh, the book called The Montauk Project, written by Preston Nichols. So I read the book, and uh, I don't know about the book. I do know about uh, a book that was printed called The Montauk Boys, and The Montauk Boys was part of uh, this whole investigation, I guess. But his book told of the sinister Nazi-style experiments uh, that meddled genetically and psychologically with kidnapped local boys. From what I understand, it was, uh, and, uh, and it's hard to use the word alien, because I don't think they're alien to this planet. I don't think they're these, these that were talking about ETs, they were here before our species was here. So let's say a superior species was uh, uh, doing genetic experiments on people, but, but also they did other stuff there, ESP, mind control, all those, all those other things. You know, Project Stargate was part of this facility at one It was closed in the early 80s, 1981. They actually closed the facility, so so called. They only they only dumped. Uh, I think they just dumped a bunch of concrete on top and they they, they locked it down. But there's still a uh, <laughs> on, at Montauk. This door that's very active that can open up in cars and trucks. It actually, looks like this the picture stuff driving in and out of there. Yeah. And uh, and that that the janitor who got fired told us that there's a uh, a train, like a tramway, that goes underground from Brookhaven Labs to Montauk Point. Brookhaven Labs, of course, is, you know, government dealing, and they have uh, their own little version of a super collider and other stuff. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to it, but he said that's how they accessed it. He also said that there's 30 floors underground, you know, maybe even 32, I remember back, you know, uh, there was over 30 floors underground, and those floors were uh, still active and functional. So when they have all kinds of experiments and all kinds of things going, right? And, you know, the Brookhaven Labs and did a lot of experiments there. He's from Long Island, you know. Uh, he Long Island. So start putting people together. Oh, and this, this even includes uh, includes the Eldridge that the <laughs> includes. So what, let's get into this, man. A lot of this stuff is really cool info. So, all right. So, uh, the rumor took hold, uh, took hold in 1992, 11 years after the military base Camp Hero shut down. So that was 1981 when it got shut down. When I got pulled over there with my friend Andy. 
think I was like 17 years old, man, or 18. So that's like 1983, somewhere around there. And when that guy got fired, his name was Gary. When he got fired from that place, that was more 1991. So the rumors took hold in 1992. 11 years after the base closed, uh, now widely uh, about that. All right. Uh, historian Henry Osmers laments how the conspiracy theories have brought gawkers who ignore the official military history of the area, one that dates to the Revolutionary War. Uh, and, they, and they'd rather talk about hunting down aliens. So this guy is just pissy because they don't want to talk about the, their old history. They, people want to talk about, you know, the interesting stuff. <laughs> you know, we want to talk about Revolutionary War history at Montauk Point. <laughs> you know what I mean? They want to talk about aliens, man. Aliens. Aliens. And I think we're the aliens. I don't think they're the aliens. Anyway, uh, another local, Paul Fagan, spent 14 years exploring Camp Hero and painstakingly researching government documents at the National Archives in Manhattan. And what, is he, what do you expect to find? You know, do you actually think that they put anything in there? Oh, my God. Clearly, you've never worked for the government or, or even known anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? And what do you mean? 14 years exploring Camp Hero. It's a, it's a burned out house in a, in a building, a big concrete structure. You know, uh, basically, if you go past the fence line, that's what those cops were screaming at us, and those guys. You know, what were you doing at the base? What were you doing at the base? I'm like, what base? The guys, the guys like there's an Air Force base there. Because after the G12 guys left and the state troopers left, the, the one they left us with was East Hampton Police. And my friend Andy's car had uh, had like not even been registered or insured. <laughs> he just bought it, so he didn't tell me. I was driving because he was kind of drunk. So uh, so I got the tickets, six of them, matter of fact, which they all wiped out thereafter. You know, so you don't have to pay anything at least. But, uh, yep. So when, after the cops left, I said to the East Hampton cop, I was like, I'm like what military base? And he's like, uh, he's like, there's an Air Force base underground. That's exactly what he said. Oh, Air Force base underground. They got airplanes down there. <laughs> he's like, no, but interesting stories. So even that cop was kind of leaning towards, like he wanted to say stuff. But we were just teenage, teenage guys. You know what I mean? Little teenage idiots. So anyway, all right. Uh, so this one's one guy told, uh, let's see, told the story that there may be a nuclear reactor secretly buried at the site, installed around 1958 as part of the Cold War Army uh, nuclear power program. Uh, Fagan suspects that the conspiracy theories about Camp Hero may have been planted to deflect from the possible reactor. And then there's Lefrino. The 53-year-old who grew up in Montauk, who now works as a parks employee at Camp Hero. So he works there now. He also believes he's one of the lost and tortured Montauk boys popularized in Nichols' book. Isn't it interesting that he works there, right? You know, they keep an eye on you. They want to keep you close. Whenever you're in those situations, uh, they want to keep you real close by. You know, and let's say if you work for someone, they pay you that they really pay you for your life, you know, and, uh, you know, let's leave the job and go somewhere else, of course. <laughs> they like keeping people close, man. 
I see. I didn't believe. Uh, he said I didn't believe it until two years ago. A friend of said uh, I was hypnotized by a certified hypnotist for about forty minutes, and all these memories flip back. Something interesting that nobody said. But said this guy said a word about it before the hypnotist got to him, you know. And all of a sudden, so he running around saying, "Hey, you know, I was a child experiment and blah 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 all this stuff." Right? They were just little kids. It was a very dark and very evil thing. Uh, he believes he was abducted and abused during the summer of 1980 and possibly during the summer of 1981, which is when they supposedly had closed the thing. But of course, they didn't close it. They just closed that section of it because then they had their tramway underneath, right? So when he was 12 or 13, uh, he recalled, uh, he said that he got abducted when he was 12 or 13. He recalled under hypnosis that a local boy from uh, from whom no one knew very well invited him to bike to the base. Hey, kid, let's go to the base. You see, I was a suspicious kid, man. You know, and my mom always said, don't trust people like, you know, <laughs> you got to watch out being abducted and whatever. Like, you know, there's all kinds of crazy people out there that do all kinds of terrible things. So you got to watch out for yourself, you know, and then when you grow up in the city, you really have a, a good sense of what's around you and who you're dealing with and not to be stupid and run off of people that you don't know, even if there's some other kid. Right. Especially in 1980, you know, I mean, it wasn't like people were in the dark ages in 1980 or something. So. All right. So the first time Lafrino said, let me see, here we go. The first time the guy said, the, 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 the two men went dressed in civilians. They ushered the boys into a sunken house on the base. Later, he said he and the other boys were brought underground through Battery 113, one of the sealed gunneries left from World War II. Because they had, you know, they had weapons there in case anything would attack and whatever. You know, great white shark or some kind of whale, <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> or or Nazis. You know, he remembered lying on the table uh, with wires coming out of him like electrodes. They analyzed us like animals. He said that they were uh, they were there were up to fifty other kids in there. Fifty. He believed some of them were later killed. It would be easy uh, to write him off as a kook. But he is gainfully employed at the park. He has a steady girlfriend. So that means he's not crazy, right? <laughs> I guess, oh, he's not a, he has a steady girlfriend. What the hell is this bloody? <laughs> oh, really? And he appears to have a solid relationship with his That's good. Locals call him a friend. He's my friend. That's Forrest. Forrest worked at the base and they did nasty things to him. Little genetics. He glows in the dark. That's weird, but it comes in handy when the power goes out. All right. He said that while under hypnosis, he went to the location he remembered with another Parks employee, Charlie, who was also interviewed uh, and uh, they found a house from his visions. Yeah, but if he works there, you know, he knows what's there, like the back of his hand. It's not like an unbelievably huge area. It's a little, go look at it on Google Maps. It's a little itty-bitty, tiny little thing. 
So uh, let's see. Park Superintendent Tom Dest did not return calls for comment, whatever. Uh, if we had a backhoe and my boss let me dig in that spot, which I know he won't, I can guarantee we'd find some cement structures down there. Okay. Filmmaker Christopher Garantano, who grew up near Montauk, made the 2014 documentary Montauk Chronicles that detailed allegations, uh, the allegations of the three men, uh, Nichols A. Bilek and also Stuart Surdahl, who say that they were brainwashed and forced against their will to take part in experiments at Camp Hero between 1971 and 1983. In the 1970s, in the 1980s, Nichols led something called the uh, psychotronic movement. I had that just this morning. I ate too many blueberries yesterday, man. It was, you know. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. <laughs> I tell you, it was horrible. All right, psychotronic movement that claimed government uh, ag- agents used electromagnetic waves to plant thoughts in people's heads. You know, it's crazy. Just last week, we talked about Nikola Tesla and all this, and, and he had devised this thing to, to scan people's brains and, and know what they're thinking, you know? It was one of his inventions that supposedly never came to fruition. But of course, they found all his files after he died that went to John Trump, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, okay, Nichols, uh, who died two years later, claimed he was part of the so-called Montauk Project, but recovered his memories only after the fact. He's dead. What did he die from, man? Uh, Garantano told told the story that he felt Nichols uh, uh, and the others were not believable, but he went on to explore Camp Hero, so doggedly that he employed a geophysicist to analyze the ground beneath the old base. He said they found evidence of large structures not seen on any official maps. Ba 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 boom. Yeah, I guess over thirty floors. That's that's pretty big, man. That's like Resident Evil beehive type of underground thing. You know what I mean? Just saying, I don't know, referencing movies, but. And this guy goes and gets a geophysicist and analyzes it. That's cool. Okay. All right, so forget all the alien and all the other stuff, CIA, mind control, all that thing. And we know. We know the CIA mind control experiments. We know Project Stargate. We know about all these things. They've, they've published a lot of documents. You know, they themselves... And uh, well, this guy says, I think that there was some type of experimentation out there using young kids, teenagers, maybe runaways from New York. Uh, once home to an army base <clears throat> during World War II as an Air Force station during the Cold War. That's why they were something. No airplanes hidden underground, I guess. <laughs> it was DK. <laughs> It sits on 755 acres of forest and uh, a desolate wetlands and with a spectacular 160-degree views of the Atlantic Ocean and Block Island South. <clears throat> well, 
hard. <laughs> so let's see. Okay, so of course is the last of the super-powered Cold War era Sage radio tower was constructed in the event of a Soviet nuclear attack. But uh, with the of giving a U.S. warning, antenna is also the frequency allegedly needed to enter human consciousness. 425 megahertz. I remember that. Wow. All right, so even locals who decry the secret underground that when the tower was up and running, it feared with television and electronics and that many people reported suffering from headaches. There you have it. I don't want fuel uh, put any ad. Well, I, <laughs> I don't want to add any fuel to the fire, but I don't believe all the zombie stuff. The one the rest of the had on the town was real. I don't know if it affected our thoughts, like some people say, but it was first. So now a rusting 90-foot tower, 40-foot wide dish, uh, is a draw for tourists who come to explore. <clears throat> blah, 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 blah. Uh, so the army designed the base look like a fishing village. Even those soldiers actually lived there uh, to fool the Nazis. A church is actually in. A series of Kitkai's houses have been torn down. After the airport took over site, shutting it down in 81. At that point, according to Nichols' book, uh, and a hundred of other churches, bizarre things started happening. Right? I believe it's fairly possible that human experiment story is true. Peter Beauvais, a former Manhattan advocate uh, and author of the novel, time. Logic, I believe there were army experiments out there that involved uh, interdimensional travel and also fallout from that that still exists, like a terror in the space-time continuum. Who has spent summers in the area since childhood and he knows one town. So he's rich. He's rich. Anybody telling these students these very well. You cannot buy a Montauk unless you have at least a million dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they're renting out rooms there for thirty thousand a month. You know, that that's important and he's standing very, very wealthy, exclusive area. So just to let you know, these people telling the stories, <laughs> they're, they're all really wealthy people. I don't know, it just stands out in my mind for some reason. Nichols co-writer Vincent uh, Barbaric, who used a pen name, Peter Moon, Peter Moon, told uh, the Post, let's see, we're, we're dealing with phenomena that is not just 3D. If you research uh, the sacred uh, uh, geometry, Montauk is known for being a power vortex. Geologically, it's an underground mountain that comes and it's also very, it's on its own separate island in a way. So something happened out there, and I'm sure of that. Uh, let's see. Fagan, who avoided researching the conspiracy theories at Camp Hero, said the place draws people in and it takes its hold. So many people. 
including me, who spent uh, any time looking into Camp Hero, ended up completely different uh, people afterwards. He said, it's a strange coincidence, but I've seen it happen to multiple people. I got so squirrely, I had to leave town for a while. All I can say is that <clears throat> the imagination is one hell of a machine. You see, now, if you ask me, and you're going to ask me because it's my show. If you ask me, I'm going to say that these people were were. If, as soon as you know, all right. Let's say you're you're researching some some black project, you know, that the government's trying to hide from you, especially if it's really sophisticated. If there's uh you know lev levels of security that you just aren't looking to. to risk you know because there's all kinds of leaks you see what's going on out there your government supreme court whatever this is th these projects scientific projects are on a whole nother level it's almost like they don't even have to pay attention to any kind of rules constitution or nothing they just kind of go that direction take what they want it right especially it, especially if it's beyond our normal human type of realm you know if you're dealing with a, a sophisticated species they're definitely not going to care how you feel you know what i mean <clears throat> that's that's the subway <laughs> i just described the subway system so the fact that when people get close to things when they get squirrely they get weird these weird things happen don't you think that they could easily be manipulated by, by either radio waves or whatever. I mean, and let me tell you about radio waves, man. They're, they're very specific and they're very powerful. If you look in Cuba, all those people that died, that was so cold they thought they were poisoned, but it was like uh, radio waves directed at them with radiation and that type of thing. Yeah, 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 man. They're, there's all kinds of stuff like that. And, that. and that's on just a person, human to human level. You know, but when you're talking about being able to manipulate the human brain if you think any any advanced species wouldn't know how to do that by now you know you they're not very bright they've been around for a while and they probably made us you know so then you got this dude he said i was abducted held captive in a secret base as a guinea pig mind-altering experiment as a kid there's people that came out with these stories. I like I like how they came out. You know what? I like how they came out during, like this whole. Hey, they they went to a, in a regression done, past life or is this life or, or you know hypnotism, thing. I like that. You know because uh, that to me. So to me, that they weren't talking about it before that mark, nothing. But then they they went, you know. But obviously, they had some kind of issues, and they go to a hypnotist, and then boom, it all comes out of these things. And, and I've heard this before many times, where where people have been just kind of uh, that someone's pulled the drapes on their brains, and they they don't have uh, they don't have recall. Of these episodes sometimes they come out in your dreams and clip it's little weird stuff i had a really weird experiment one time about uh i like to experiment 
I, I through through mind stuff and through energy and that type of thing and moving energy and uh, and putting stuff out there and seeing what comes back. You know, just uh, I think if you don't think outside the box, then then you're stuck in the box. You know, but ever since then. Like I came up with a game in my brain when I was a kid. Uh, I called it parallel multi-dimensional thought. And I would create all these rooms in my head. And each room has something different going on. And it might, it might be something rudimentary simple. One room is counting numbers from one up and one's counting down. And one's doing the alphabet from A to Z and one's doing it from Z to A. All at the same time. And you have to really pay attention to all the same. If you see at a big screen and there's a little open and you can see everything at once you know but even better because your eyes just look at the things one time you're beyond that you're beyond your your outside senses you know it's this this is inside so and then you played with it and whatever and uh i don't know it if you do things like that you put things out there things like this i want to continue on continue on with this Let's see. Uh, Evil under hypnosis to man said he was a memory. This is much about the same dude before this happened. And he doesn't know how many times it happened, but uh, then he has actual like memories of standing in front of these these creatures. And let's see. Eh, wow. They were all dressed in the same clothing. They had about 70 other kids down there. Uh, he doesn't remember leaving them. You think his parents would miss him? Let's say manipulate them too. You know, if he go missing, <laughs> people going to be asking questions, even if for a short time. But the people that I spoke to that were in the know told me there was a, a facility where they were integrating some other species with humans and not just that but other stuff too yeah but it was really interesting when that 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 janitor unloaded and told us all this stuff and he was being for real like this guy was 100 just off about what they're doing he kept saying it isn't right it's not right it's terrible terrible stuff man and you're down there. Think about it. If you gotta, if you gotta dust that chamber, <laughs> whatever, or clean something, man. I mean, and they have a high level of clearance, right? But uh, let's see. You said that they had time. They had machines that were manipulating time. It was either time or dimensions. It wasn't normal stuff that they were doing. It wasn't like they were testing with drugs to see. Uh, you know, if they got, you know, because the, mil- the military's done testing on on schools. They released toxic agents back in the, in the 50s, whatever, and, you know, just see what happens to everybody. I mean, this, this has happened, and, and they have no problem doing this. They, they have no, there's no moral dilemma, right, for doing it. It's a matter of national security type of, of, of crap, you know. So, so let's see. Uh, 
In a more disturbing anecdote, he claimed to have recalled under hypnosis that he and a group of other boys had been handed a gun inside the bunker with a row of what appeared to be the heads of live humans in front of them facing the other way. They gave them the command to shoot them to kill these people, and I remember shooting all these people in the backs of the heads, but we never looked at their faces. You know, I did the same thing in Coney Island one time with this water gun <laughs> type of thing. I never win the game. I think the point that uh, the test was to see if we had the capability of actually killing a living human. But there was no blood anywhere, and I realized under hypnosis that they were actually mannequins. So that sounds like college right there. That sounds like some some hazing. But yeah, it's it's, it's psychological torture, man. It's it's uh, you know. Let's see, Horrible Creatures, the man, father of three, called uh, the alleged government experiment on Long Island evil, insisted that he continues to have nightmares about the contents of his so-called rediscovered memories. And nightmares weird, right? Because I had really involved dreams last week. Like, you know, sometimes you have a dream or whatever. I had super involved. You know, you wake up from the dream and you're like tired because you really feel like you lived a whole other life. You're doing all this other stuff, you know? And uh, you can never, like, well, me, I, like, I can remember bits and pieces of it, but not the whole story. And, you know, if I watch a movie, I remember the whole movie. If I watch a show or, you know, if anything happens in my life, obviously I remember all these episodes. And so I can remember all, all the way back to I was, uh, you know, a couple years old. Easily. But not your dreams. Isn't that weird? Your clippets, bits and pieces. You know, so anyway, uh, as Lee said, the people uh, who were in control of that experiment were horrible people. If you can even call them that, in fact, they were horrible creatures. They did a very, very bad thing to us there. We were just kids. Uh, they had no right to experiment on us. It was very, uh, very evil thing. <laughs> like using the word evil. Uh, the existence of the Montauk pit has been proven, though, but... Uh, yes and no. <laughs> so the saying it took place between 1971 and 1983. Those were some prime years for for a Project Stargate. I gotta say. Uh, let's see. This is about psychological warfare techniques, which was Project Stargate, as well as mind control, time travel, and teleportation. Uh. Let's see. The subjects of the Nazi-style experiment are claimed to have uh, been young boys in early teens who have been abducted and later drugged to erase the memories of it. You see, I don't believe the drug thing either. What drug What drug are they going to give you to, to permanently erase something or, or at least erase something enough that you're not you're not thinking of it, you know? That you have to go under hypnosis or something like that. To come out, right? So the experiment, you know, so you had 1943, you had uh, Albert Einstein and Nikola Tesla, 1942, 1943, whatever, how long it took for them to work on this, they were looking to build some kind of cloaking device for a Navy ship so it can't be de detected by radar, right? So uh, this was the Eldridge that they worked on. Nikola Tesla died uh, in I think that January, February 1983. I mean 19, 1943. And uh, the project wasn't quite done. Other scientists tried to pick up his work where he left off, along with Einstein, and they finished the project, so they went ahead and did it. 
And then, uh, so this happened in Philadelphia, right, where they wanted this ship to, to be cloaked. The ship disappeared from view of everybody. It appeared in Virginia, you know, off the coast. It was witnessed by others down there and then disappeared from there. But check this out. So the Philadelphia experiment, during the alleged experiment, the U.S. military said, it's not alleged. I mean, they actually have pictures of, of sailors embedded in the deck after the ship came back. How, how uh, these, these you know, a lot of them died and some of them were stuck in the, in the bulkheads and you know, that type of thing. So the U.S. military, we know about that. The U.S. military has never confirmed the whole thing. You know, they don't have to. I mean, like, the information is out there. You know, it's kind of funny how they are. As a matter of fact, you know what happened to the Eldridge? They cut it into little itty-bitty pieces and, and buried it in uh, over in Greece, you know? Freaking Greece, and they won't let anybody near the pieces. Let's see. A movie bearing the project's name was later made in 1984. It was a pretty cool movie. Let's see. After watching the film, uh, let's see, 57-year-old Al Bleak experienced a severe case of deja vu, believing as though he'd experienced something similar before himself. That's that's that that uh, trigger. Sometimes you get these triggers that, that will give you that deja vu that will bring you bring you to that place. And I don't even know if that's a deja vu necessarily, because deja vu is more you're living your life and something happens and you know you you have been there before and that type of thing. This was a situation that happened. This is more of a, of a window in the past. You know what I mean? Like looking back uh, of something in his own memory. So this is more of a recall. Think recall. Like that Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about recall. I recall, I recall my career. <laughs> it was good at one time. Now it's nowhere because I am old, old Terminator. No one wants an old Terminator. Believing, uh, let's see, all right. After undergoing a series of holistic therapies, Balik said uh, he was able to uncover repressed memories about working on the Montauk project. And in the 70s and 80s, he claimed that these memories had been forcibly locked away in his head to ensure the experiment was kept secret. But as the memories came rushing back to him, he reportedly learned that his name wasn't even Al Bleak. His name was really Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. Instead, he claimed to have uh, learned his name was, in fact, Edward Cameron, and that he worked on the Philadelphia experiment with his brother Duncan Cameron. Balik affirmed uh, that sometime in 1940, Nikola Tesla figured out how to make the USS Eldridge invisible, but in doing so opened up a time wormhole into the future that absorbed the ship. Balik claims that he and his brother were also on board. He said they jumped off the ship and landed at Montauk's Camp Hero in August of 1983. How's that? How's that? He jumped off and was boom, Montauk. He said the pair were promptly sent back through the wormhole by the government to go back in time and destroy the equipment on the Eldridge. You go back and destroy it. That's what happened in that movie. <laughs> Maybe the guy kind of had recollect when he had recall watching the movie. He's like, hey, you ever fall asleep? You ever get really messed up like hammered and then fall asleep with the TV on? And then you wake up and there's some horrible infomercial on, like it's like, and all of a sudden you want to buy some kind of pasta maker, you know? Like, you're like I've got to buy it. 
you know, I need fresh pasta. Who to thunk it? <laughs> That's <laughs> or you wake up during one of those preachers. It depends when depends how zonked out you are. You wake up that Creflo a dollar begging for money for Jesus. You guys like got like uh, these private aircraft, <laughs> these mansions. <sighs> uh, yep. All right. The Montauk Project. Uh, okay, we talked about all of that. All right, but now I want to share with you. Are we having fun? <laughs> I want to share uh, <clears throat> this weird stuff. Well, it's kind of the same thing we've been talking about. Uh, is that the one? Let's see. And let me see. Montauk, we did that. So, of course, there was this creature that washed up near Montauk Point. Every once in a while, they find one, you know, that washes up that that's not a dog or it's not anything like that. Or, you know, they think was thing had like a beak with sharp teeth and I don't know. But that's what happens too. I also remember that <clears throat> there's Fisher's Island and there's another one too where they do uh, uh, chemical testing, like chemical warfare. And uh, one occasion, it was announced on the radio, I mean, I was young, maybe in the 70s, that this green fog came out of one of the facilities that they uh, turned the vents on by accident type of thing. And this green fog came out. So, you know, all these people up the, the whole eastern seaboard had flu-like symptoms and gotten really sick right right then through there. So, I don't know. There's this creature. Let's see. Uh, what is it? They don't know what it is. It's just you have to look up the picture for yourself online. I mean, it's it's uh, almost dogish, but it's not. And it's, it's this uh, thing. I don't know. But the uh, lizard humanoids and the interdimensional wild beast. The Montauk Basin's underground tunnel complex has long been rumored to be the homestead of half reptile creatures known as rap reptoids and the eternal prison of an interdimensional creature who is believed to have led the destructive demise of the experimentations. There were many top-secret projects and unsanctioned experiments rumored to be taking place within the Montauk compound, including uh, psychokinetic torture and collaboration with extraterrestrials. While Stranger Things, the show, you know, they had the faceless flesh feasting upside down realm creature but uh aside from that they said that uh the montauk resident scaly being and dimension hopping beast all are terrifying brookhaven national lab we just talked about brookhaven right so brookhaven national lab in upton new york might as well uh just be renamed hawkins lab in uh in the show's wake since they share that uh, many characteristics. They're both owned by the U.S. Department of Energy. They're both steeped in mystery. They're both off-limits to the public and well-protected against trespassers. True for Camp Hero site as well, prior to its redesignation as a state park. More on that. And uh, they both feature mind-blowing facilities and equipment that 
are literally rewriting everything the scientific community understands about cosmic matter, the creation of the universe, nanoparticles, time, space, and so much more. As a matter of fact, Brookhaven Labs even uh, bragged that they can uh, you know, create a black hole that will consume the Earth. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Both Hawkins Lab and BNL are home to interdimensional portal vortex, or as Stranger Things crew refers to it as the gate. Yes, you read that correctly. BNL is relatively uh, heavy on heavy ion collider, just one of BNL's many uh, groundbreaking, world-renowned gems. Is a uh, uh, <coughs> Heavy, as well, a heavy ion collider, uh, actually RHIC. So it's a relativistic heavy ion collider. And that's the stuff of dreams and legends, right? Combined, let's see, featuring 2.4 mile of lane racetrack that collides beams of ions at the speed of light. It quite literally straddles uh, the very fabric between everything that we uh, know as the species if you want to refer to people as intelligent species understand about this realm and what we know and what we don't know is a lot it holds the key with potentials to unlock countless doors to other dimensions solving so many mysteries explaining so many uh, enigmas the origins of this universe life and unseen forces that hold us and bind us and everything else that's in existence together as well as the impossible forces of laws that can tear it apart Physicists from around the world flock to the National Lab to study in the words of Brookhaven National Lab's official introduction for the RHIC, what the universe may have looked like in the first few moments after its creation. The RHIC is the first machine in the world capable of colliding ions as heavy as gold. It is the world's only machine capable of colliding beams of polarized protons unraveling the secrets of dark matter, quark, gluon, plasma, and replicating the primordial cosmos uh, existing in the first billionth of a second <clears throat> after the birth of our universe. So how's that? And you know what's funny? No one has ever, like I've never seen any information about the, the train tunnel that goes underground to Camp Hero. And it's funny that the guy said that, like the janitor, you know, it's funny that he was ripping off on that and, and just just the stuff that he knows about the place. And he was just unloading. And he disappeared. We never saw him again. So, well, he did get fired. But that, and that was like the seven, that was the town he lived in. And that was, uh, where was that? <laughs> it was uh, Wontaw. Wontaw, New York. On Long Island. So he was stopping that 7-Eleven before going home and whatever and hang out. Hang out for a minute. But anyway, what do you guys think of all this? I mean, you know, we definitely know that, that the government is no stranger of doing testing on people and then testing on animals and testing on whatever they seem fit. I don't think they really care at all on who they test on and what they do or if they hurt you or not or whatever, man. That's the government, right? Right? I think that, you know, I've met scientists that were so cold and clammy that, you know, these guys could dissect you like a frog and not even think about it or care. 
you know, so and it's not about, oh, we're on, we're on a mission to heal. Yeah, yeah, no, they're not. The doctors heal, heal people. <laughs> and your body heals itself mainly. They may give you some meds and stuff. So the guy at the RX heals you, you know, with some meds. The meds might bring you back around. But what do doctors really do? And they cure you? Do they cure you? I don't know. So I think it's something more to be investigated. I know my experience there. And they're, in my experience, when they were screaming at us with guns out, <laughs> and this was late early 80s, man, you know, we we drove, the whole thing happened because we were hanging out in the bar. That's what you do when you're 17 on Long Island. You know, This dude, Andy, was 18, right? We're hanging out at the bar. He's drinking. I'm not drinking. But it was a place where you used to, like, throw darts and hang out. It was uh, the whole town. All, all the young people in town hung out there. It was different in those days, <laughs> And uh, and I'm like, you know, it was like already, I think, one, uh, one o'clock in the morning, something like that. And I was telling him about Montauk Point. I'm like, man, you know, sun, sunrise comes up. It's so beautiful. All these fishing boats go out. Real picturesque scenery, something that you want to experience at least once in your life. Just beautiful sight. He's like, oh, let's go. Let's go. I'm like, yeah, it's a two hour ride. But uh, he's like, oh, I just bought a new car. It wasn't like new. It was an old police car is what it was. and. And I bought his old police car because that guy was like into all these police cars and antennas. So then we went out to Montauk Point and got bored, you know, because the sun wasn't come up for a few more hours. Didn't want to wait around. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. And on the way out, we saw this bright light, big, bright, colorful light over the car, lit up the whole car. I, I don't know what the hell it was. I thought it was maybe a helicopter, but I didn't hear anything. And then that thing disappeared pretty quickly. And then uh, not far down the road, another half mile or whatever, just before we left Montauk Park, they got surrounded by these G12 cars and police cars screaming, what were you doing at the base? We know you were at the base. Like, what base? <laughs> got a Coke from the Coke machine, dude. <laughs> what base? So that's my story. Anyway, I'll see you guys next week on this here show. And uh, who knows, maybe the men in black will come visit you tonight. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Discovery Paranormal on United Public Radio Network, UPRNTalkRadio.com. Adios, muchachos. <laughs>